Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, we're going to hear about the largest tax break for seniors signed into law recently in Scranton. We'll also hear about an upcoming October event to let area students know about all the health careers that are being offered. A big fundraiser for Hazleton Rotary Club. It's the Wine and Beer Fest. Also, Actors Circle in Scranton presenting the works of local playwrights. And when the kickstands go up next Saturday, hundreds of motorcyclists will be riding to support the Gino Murley Veterans Center Resident Welfare Fund. Bob Champagne has all the details. Bob, you're going to be telling us about a very big event that's coming up on the 19th. It's on Saturday. It's going to be, well, I'm just going to let you tell everybody about it, where, when, and what. Saturday, August 19th, we will be having our fourth annual Geno Murley benefit ride for the veterans at the Geno Murley Center. Registration begins at 1030. We're going to be doing kickstands up at noon this year as opposed to 11 o'clock that we did last year. We take about, about an hour, hour and a half ride. We'll have police blocking at all major intersections for the riders' protection, and we conclude the ride at the Genome Early Center. All the uh, the registration fees and uh, any you know private donations all directly go to the uh, Geno J. Murley Center. So, who's doing the event? Uh, this is actually a collaborative effort with uh, Electric City, the Harley Davidson dealership, and the Electric City Hog Chapter, and we usually get support from you know other clubs in the area as well. And you said kickstands are up, so where would people go and meet you? Uh, registration and uh, the ride starts at Electric City, Harley Davidson, uh, in Dixon City, Pennsylvania. And when we're talking about this ride, it's the fourth year. It's it's hard to believe that it's been going on every year. And, and I'm assuming that you're still getting great and even more support. Yeah. Yeah. Every year we seem to uh, raise more money and uh, get a uh, better turnout every year. Every year we've been raising more money to benefit the veterans at the Geno Center. And, and they love seeing us come in on the bikes and uh, we get to spend time and thank them for their service. 
enjoy the fellowship with the veterans. Tell us about that a little bit for anybody who has not ever been, because just having that many bikes leaving and coming back, it is, and, and even going past them on the road, as you said, the police are going to be helping out. So when you're in that kind of a group and you come and you go from that area and can you give us an idea of what that is like? What kind of feelings you get knowing exactly what you're doing? It's an awesome feeling. Oh, we're, we're able to just enjoy fellowship, riding together all for a common cause, you know, and uh, I know we put smiles on the veterans' faces, which is what it's all about. You know, the money helps them. Uh, it's minimal to us. We don't need an excuse to go out and ride, but if we're doing it for a great cause like this, it makes it that much better. And when we're also talking about the ride, can you give us an idea for people who would like to be able to maybe be in the area, especially if they aren't riding a bike, but they enjoy being able to see that kind of a group get together? Can you give us an idea of what route you're going to be taking? We will be making a right out of Electric City Harley-Davidson. We go up to Scranton-Carbondale Highway into the Island area. We get onto the Casey Highway go up to Waymart. Uh, we make a right on to 196 in Waymart. Then we go in, in, in through Hamlin. We ultimately come out in, uh, in Moscow, and then we get on Route 307, and then we head into Scranton from, from Moscow through 307, and then Scranton police usually escort us. We'll be waiting underneath the 81 bridge there on 307, and then they'll actually escort the group uh, right through downtown Scranton to the Genome Early Center. And about how long would that take for folks who, again, might want to be able to catch some of the ride or catch up with you when you arrive at Genome Early? We uh, do kickstands up at noon promptly because of uh, the coordinated efforts with uh, law enforcement and the fire departments for traffic control. So we, you know, we basically get to certain locations by certain times so they know when to block. But we should be getting into the Genome Early Center I think about a 54-mile ride, so a little bit, probably a little bit more than an hour, because uh, we, we obviously we try to maintain a, a safe, steady pace with a group that size. So, uh, you know, obviously we we watch our speed and uh, we watch out for everybody's safety. So it takes us a little bit over an hour. So she, we should be pulling into the Geno Center, you know, between quarter after one and one thirty, I would say. So when you get there, are there going to be some other events planned that you know of once everybody arrives there and they have the opportunity to get off their bikes and maybe start to mingle with the residents? We don't have anything actually planned there. We'll have some food uh, before the event, you know, and we'll have drinks and uh, and music. And actually, like after we're done at the Genome Early Center, if people want to go back to the dealership, I believe they're going to have uh, more food for after the ride. But uh, basically, when we go to the Genome Early Center, it's just, you know, about spending the time with the veterans. Anything that you think we may have left out that you would like to make sure everybody knows about uh, Saturday, August 19th? I would just like to welcome anybody interested. You don't have to be on a motorcycle. Uh, we do have people that follow along in cars as well. So if you want to come support the veterans on Saturday, August 19th, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. 
All right. And give everybody one more time all the details as far as where they would need to be, how they sign up and all those other questions can get answered. Registration begins at 1030 at Electric City Harley-Davidson on the Scranton Carbondale Highway in Dixon City, Pennsylvania. And we do leave at uh, 12 noon, uh, kick stands up. So we leave promptly at that time. And like I said, we expect to get into the Geno, get to the Genome Early Center in Scranton uh, between 1 and one thirty. All right. And since I have you right here to tell me everything that's going on, I'm going to ask you to give the official invitation to everybody to come and join you. Electric City Harley-Davidson and the Electric City Harley Owners Group would like to invite everybody for the fourth annual Genome Early Veterans Benefit Ride, scheduled uh, registrations at 10.30 a.m. on Saturday, August 19th, and we'll be leaving Electric City Harley-Davidson at 12 noon. So I'd like to invite everybody who'd like to come out and support our veterans that reside at the Genome J. Murley Center in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Thanks again to Bob Champagne for giving us the details on the fourth annual Gino Murley Veterans Benefit Ride. Kickstands up at noon next Saturday. The works of local playwrights will be brought to the stage at Actors Circle Providence Playhouse in Scranton. Kathy Riss-Strouch has your invitation. Kathy, you're back again. Actor Circle has something coming up that's really nice because it's all original stuff. Yes, it is. Like, not that all plays aren't original when you think about it, but this is something that is written by local playwrights. These are short plays, roughly about 15 minutes long, or one act, as you might call it, but they're, they're, they're a play in themselves, so it's a short play. Uh, we have eight Eight plays by eight different authors and one, two, three, four different directors putting this on. And this is a celebration of short plays with the Actors Circle at Providence Playhouse, 1256 Providence Road in Scranton. We are doing it for one weekend only. This is August 17, 18, 19, and 20. The 17th, Thursday, we offer a discount that's $10 for all tickets. Otherwise, it's $15 general, 12 for seniors, and 10 for students. You pay cash at the door. If you prefer to get online tickets, you pay an extra little $2 fee and you use a credit card there. Use our website, actorcircle.com. That's A-C-T-O-R-S-C-I-R-C-L-E. Dot com, and that will give you the link in order to get those tickets. Just to give you an idea of the shows we are doing, here's our playwrights, the titles. We have No Fools by Marnie Azzarelli, Help Me Reach My Goal by Harry Edelman, True Colors by Katie Cook, Something to Say by Marcy Herman Reby, Queen's Mates by Lou Bizignani, the founder of Actors Circle, For the Money by Art Walsh, Doc and Lee by Michael Pavise, who is also directing that show. And I'm going to say, Mark Fryer and Jeff Ginsberg are in that particular one. That one I know for sure. They're always a good chemistry between them. And from what Michael tells me, he wrote this with them in mind. So there you have it. Chess and the Gottfelder's Daughter by K.K. Gordon. So those are the names of the short plays. The directors are Mike Pavese, Art Walsh, 
Mark Fryer, and Leva Lanton. They're, they're the four directors. So it's going to be a nice evening that weekend, something to come and see and enjoy the nice works of the local talent in our area, which we have an abundance of. Give us those dates once again. Those dates, one weekend only, August 17, 18, 19, and 20. The evening performances are at 7 p.m. That's a new time we're doing, 7 p.m. It's an earlier time, so we could get people out of the theater at a reasonable time, regardless of how long a show may be. And on Sundays, our shows are at 2 p.m. Kathy Strouch and the folks at Actors Circle Providence Playhouse in Scranton always have great entertainment on the boards. Hazelton Rotary Club welcomed their new president, Michelle Cushmeter, and she is joining us now with the details of the Rotary Club's biggest fundraiser of the year. It's the Beer and Wine Fest. Tricky trays, baskets of cheer, plenty of fun, entertainment, and the opportunity to get to see some of the folks that maybe you haven't caught up with so far this summer. Michelle, this is another big event that the Hazelton Rotary is involved with every year. There's so many people that show up and it's so well received and everybody's saying, Paula, be quiet. Let Michelle tell us what's going on Saturday, August 26th. So go ahead, Michelle. Oh, we have our annual Rotary Wine and Beer Fest, um, and it is. We get a, close to a 1,000 people coming. There's vendors, there's food, there's wine, there's beer. It's a great event. It's fantastic. It's happening in Hazleton, so give us the where and the when. It is at City View Park, which is at 700 South Poplar Street in Hazleton. It's from noon to 6 on Saturday, August 26th. And it's happening rain or shine. Rain or shine, um, there's some covered areas, there's pavilions, we have tents. We've been fortunate to have really great weather all these years, so I'm hoping that trend continues. And one of the great things about this event is, because you know how people are, they sometimes can't make up their mind, they don't know whether they want to get up that early or stay up that late or whatever, but you are allowing tickets to be sold at the door. Give us all that information. We do. You can save a little bit of money and buy your tickets in advance. It's $20 if you buy them in advance. But if you want to wait and buy them at the door that day, it's $25. If you're the designated driver for the event, your ticket is only $5. And um, if you're bringing you know, family members or kids ages 13 to 20, that's also $5. And children under 12 are free. You could buy tickets from Rotarians. You can buy them at some of the businesses in town. And you can also buy them online at hazeltonrotary.ticketleap.com. And that's L-E-A-P, right? Yes, ticketleap.com. Okay. Now, when we're talking about all of the events that are happening inside when they get to the festival, you can't have a festival without music, Michelle. Oh, we have two great bands this year. We always have great bands and entertainment. People bring their lawn chairs and just, you know, hang out and enjoy the day. Um, this year we have You, 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 and we also have Guilty Pleasure coming back. They played with us last year and were very well received, so we're looking forward. And You, You, You is new to us. We're excited to have them. And the Hazleton Rotary gets behind this. And tell us some about the Hazleton Rotary because you are the new president. Congratulations. 
Thank you so much. I'm actually the 103rd president of Rotary. So we've been around 103 years and Rotary is a service club. And what we tend to do are projects in our community, but also some global and international things. And you give back to your community. That's probably the number one thing that we're known for. It's we have several service projects. And when we have a fundraiser like this, the proceeds of that go into those projects, like, you know, buying coats for kids, buying dictionaries, doing a veteran's lunch. So, you know, it it helps us. uh, A few years back, we helped our city get a police dog and, you know, training and equipment and things. So fundraisers such as this, this is our big major fundraiser that helps fund our projects that we could give it right back to the community. And when we're talking about the Rotary and in particular, the Hazleton Rotary, You are a welcoming, big welcoming organization. So if anybody is listening and they're thinking, you know, I've always talked, I've always thought about being involved in Rotary and this might give me the the opportunity to go ahead and maybe get involved. So how would somebody do that? They could reach out to a Rotarian, talk to us at the Wine and Beer Fest. We advertise our meetings. If somebody was interested, they would need to be brought as a guest, but we can certainly arrange that. We've just took on, we just took on maybe about eight new members. So, you know, we are continuing to grow and it's just, it's a wonderful experience. There's a lot of fellowship with it. There's a lot of fun with the projects. You think, oh, hard work, but yet we have a great time together. Are there any requirements that someone would have to meet in order to join Rotary? Not really. Um, You know, we ask that you be like active and engaged, but there's not really an age requirement or anything else like that. Um, Or like an occupation, it used to be just, you know, one from each profession was allowed. And that's certainly loosened through the years. Um, It's open to men and women. And um, we actually have some younger people that are interested that are, you know, young professionals that are interested in, in joining Rotary and, you know, giving back to the community as well. Well, I remember that about one profession because, again, over the years, things certainly do change. And it's always nice to give the update on the way things are now because maybe people remember that from years gone by. And there was also a time when it was mostly a male organization. True? This is true. This is true up until I'm... Oh, I can't even guess the year, but it really was. It was a male organization, and then it did become co-ed, and we're probably about half and half at this point, uh, you know, a mix of men and women. So, And here you are, Madam President. How exciting. <laughs> so the the Wine and Beer Festival is coming up, and I know that you have over 50 local wines, craft beers, you have all kinds of food vendors. Do you have a, because I know that you've been involved in all of this planning. When you were planning all of this, could you just run down maybe a couple of the types of food? Oh, there's an incredible lineup of a good variety of things. We have pierogies. Joe's homemade pierogies will be here. Buzz's incredible edibles. He makes those great hoagies. We have the Latia Empanadas back from last year. Um, we have some new trucks. We have Wicked Foods that makes this fantastic smash burger. And we also have Craven Kebabs, which is nice. You know, if you're walking around a festival, you have your meal right there on a stick. So we have Craven Kebabs. Um, we'll have Jay Zapata's food truck, the Mexican food. So, you know, there's a good variety of things. You, you have to find something you like there. It's, it's a good variety. 
Well, it sounds like it's making me hungry already. So that's <laughs> so for people who are like me and saying this sounds like it's going to be a wonderful time. I'm going to have you as the president of the Hazelton Rotary issue the official invitation. And if you could just start off with all the good details that people are going to know about the day, the times, the place, the tickets, and then the invitation. How's that? Okay. On behalf of the Hazelton Rotary Club, I'd like to invite everyone to our annual Wine and Beer Fest. It will be held Saturday, August 26th from noon until 6 p.m. at City View Park in Hazelton at 700 South Poplar Street. Tickets are $20 in advance and $25 at the door, $5 for designated drivers. We've got great bands, great wineries, alcohol-infused ice cream, beer vendors, food, craft vendors, and we just want everyone to come out and join us and have a great time. Once again, thanks to Michelle Cushmeter, the new president of the Hazelton Rotary Club, with the details on their big fundraiser, the Beer and Wine Fest. And just when you think that maybe there isn't anything else to do, you can join the collaborative autism movement for the Autism Throwdown Doubles Cornhole Tournament. It's taking place on Sunday. Registration starts at 10 a.m., the bags fly at noon, and it's all happening at the Sugarloaf Golf Club. You can stop by and watch, and just in case there's rain, it'll move to 600 South Poplar Street in Hazleton. Coming up next on Special Edition, we're going to find out about the healthcare field and if you're interested or as a student who may be, where they can get some great information on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. The healthcare field is growing and changing. Executive Director Deborah Youngfelt and Health Educator Valerie Williams with Northeast PA Area Health Education Center are encouraging exhibitors to become a part of their upcoming October event and let area students know about all the careers that they offer. Deborah and Valerie now join me, and we're going to talk about an event that is actually coming up in October, but we're telling you about it now because they hope that you will want to be involved in it. So, Valerie, you have all the information. So, Thursday, October 12th, from 10 to 2, we will be at the Viewmont Mall with our health career and college exploration event, where we have high school students meeting with area universities, colleges, tech programs, and health career organizations to explore different health career opportunities in our region. Deborah, I'm going to welcome you and also give you the opportunity to tell us about Northeast PA Area Health Education Center for those who may not be aware or know exactly what you do. Great, great. The Area Health Education Center, AHEC, uh, we are part of a national network of organizations that do workforce development in the field of healthcare. In the state of Pennsylvania, there are seven regions, and we are the Northeast region. We cover the nine counties in the Northeast corner of Pennsylvania. So we do a variety of programs that help to increase access, to get more people into the healthcare field. 
We work with high school students, exposing them to the variety of different opportunities. We work with college students who are interested in health careers and support their interest in rural and underserved medicine. We work with healthcare professionals providing continuing education, and we work with the community. We do community health worker training, poverty simulation, mental health first aid. So we look at what are the needs in our region related to healthcare workforce development, and we partner and collaborate with other organizations to meet those needs, to get more people interested in, in the field and in those positions that are so needed. How do you do that, Deborah? Do you go into the schools? And we'll talk more about the event coming up, but on a regular basis when you don't have something like this, how do you get the word out? So we do. We go into schools, and there are a few schools that we work together with. One in particular, we, we work with Wall and Paul Pack High School. We scheduled a hospital tour at uh, Penn State College of Medicine and the, the healthcare system there to so they could see what it's like working um, in a hospital and what the different careers are and, and different activities. We bring in speakers. We do uh, career days at schools and talk about what healthcare opportunities are available. Um, we do a program called the Search Academy, which is students exploring and researching careers in health. And it's a statewide virtual program. And we meet in the evening, six times during the year, have a different panel of health professionals come in and talk about what they do. And they do a hands-on activity through Zoom. So whenever there's a need to to talk about health careers in schools, uh, we do that. Again, you know, at the college level, we participate in a variety of different activities. We do, like I said, poverty simulations at the the colleges. We do uh, mental health first aid. We do interprofessional education programs. We support some of the camps um, that the colleges do. So again, we just look for, you know, where is there a need? Who can we partner with? How can we support students and uh, professionals just learning more about what those opportunities are, where the schools are that they can go to, make those connections, help connect them with those employers in the region who are very much in need of healthcare professionals, and then try to follow them and uh, get them to, to come and stay and work in Northeast Pennsylvania. Well, let's go back to Valerie, because Valerie, this this event that you have coming up in October is going to be a very big event because there's so many, as Deborah was saying, there are so many schools, there are so many people, and you just can't even grasp how big the reach could be. So I know you are still looking for some people who might want to get involved. And tell us about that aspect of it, especially how they would get in touch with you if they are interested in getting involved in the event coming in October. We are definitely looking for exhibitors and or sponsors for our event. So any person who is interested in spreading the word about health careers um, and what they do or what their organization does. If you want to be an exhibitor, you could go to our website at nepa-ahec.org. Um, and you can find more information about the event. Last year was our first year hosting it. We had 35 exhibitors um, and over 200 students that were bused into Dixon City to the Viewmont Mall uh, to attend our event. This year, we're already at um, 34 exhibitors. Space is filling up, but we're still looking for for support for this program. Um, and we're hoping to have a, a larger turnout of high school students now that we're spreading the word. 
And when you're talking about high school students, is there a criteria? Can you go and be interested as you know, a first year high school student, because sometimes uh, even the, even in college, you are, well, I don't know what I want to do. And then by the time you're a junior, you're like, oh, this is what I think I'm. But do you also welcome them if they aren't sure? So how would a student get involved? What, do they have a criteria that they have to meet? No, all students are welcome. Um, as you know, a lot of the schools, like I said, do bus students, but other students can't, will get permission to attend and be excused from school since it's during the school day. Um, and they can attend with a parent and explore the different exhibitors that we have. The other thing I wanted to mention about the exhibitors is that it's not just a regular career fair where they just have pamphlets of information, right? We do have that, but each vendor is encouraged to bring some sort of clinical equipment or hands-on activity so the students can really have an experience at this event. It's not just the regular career fair where you're just talking to admissions. We will have college students who are attending. We will have faculty members. So I think it's a great opportunity for students to really see what school would be like for them. On your website, and there are so many different opportunities that are available. And when you talk about the hands-on, one of the uh, sites that I clicked on here is the Search Academy. Is that something that you're also, whether Deborah or Valerie wants to address that one, but that really sounds like it is, it's, it's such an eye-opening experience for anyone. Our Search Academy is that we meet six times throughout the year, and Deborah had spoke a little bit about it earlier, but students can either attend one session or all six sessions, and each session's uh, focused on a different health profession. So sometimes we're meeting with physicians and physician assistants from across the state. Sometimes we're meeting with nurses from LPNs all the way up to nurse practitioners and comparing the different roles and and what their educational journey was like um, and what a day in a life in their career is like, um, which helps the students understand what that work-life balance is before they go to college so that they know what they're really getting into. Are there any kind of programs that students, be it high school or college, can get involved with so that they, because I, I remember way back in the day, there were candy stripers who were in all of the, the different facilities and they were young and they were there, you know, just to get the experience. So do things like that ex- happen to exist anymore? Oh, absolutely. Um, most of the, the healthcare systems do still have volunteer programs. I don't know if they're called candy stripers anymore. Um, but I'm showing my age. Can you tell? (laughs) No, I'm right there with you. They go through the volunteer program. You know, they get training. um, They're assigned to different departments. So they may be doing simple things like picking mail or or picking up things or, you know, going to, to drop off the flowers or whatever to the patients. But they are able to see a variety of different health professionals, what they do. They can interact with them. They see what a, a hospital setting is like. It is a great way. And we encourage a lot of the students that we work with to do as much volunteer work as you can, to get as much hands-on experience, to see you know what, what the healthcare field is like. The programs that we do, the health career um, and college event that we're, we're doing, the Search Academy, it's not just for students who think, I want to get into healthcare. It's for students who think, I'm not sure what I want to do. It's an ex- their exploration programs for students to learn what the opportunities are. Oftentimes, students think of health careers as doctor or nurse. 
dentist. But there are over 250 different titles in, in healthcare. Everything from entry level with a high school education all the way through getting your, your doctorate and everything in between. So we try to expose them to a variety of different careers. The other thing that we try to do is even those that are interested in healthcare, learning more about what the specific professions are to learn what you don't want to do as well. Oftentimes, students have in their mind what a certain profession's like, and they find out it's really not like that, that there's, you know, different aspects of it that they really are not interested in, but might find something else within healthcare because there are so many different opportunities. I'm just amazed. And there's a whole list of which, again, as you just said, there are other things besides what you think you see right in front of you. And one of the lists that I come across is community, and there are so many different things there. I love the idea of the mental health first aid. That is, that's just terrific. So when it comes to things like that, I think it's great that they have an opportunity to find out that there are other areas out there besides what they're seeing when they think of just the medical profession. So everybody to those different types of areas. Yeah, it, it, it really is. So, you know, we try to be creative and innovative and do things differently than just reading something on a website, um, you know, actually talking to a person, you know, that, that's in the profession to hear what their day is like and what they do. And then to, to actually go and volunteer and see what they do, set up shadowing to get that exposure really helps to clarify in their mind, is this something that I want to do or not? And it's, it's so important to, to get as much as information as you can before you go to college. You know, so many students go to college, don't know what they want to do, change careers how many different times. Their four-year degree turns into, you know, five, six, seven, and, you know, what, what student loans are like these days. So as, as much as we can help students to find, you know, more of a direction, we think that that's, that's great and that's, that's what we're trying to do. Because everything that I've seen so far is just right out there and what an experience this would be. So, Valerie, you're here today to get people involved and you're here to uh, let the exhibitors know that you're still looking for them because I'm going to have the both of you back as we get closer to the event in October so that once you have everything in place, we can run down the list of everybody who's going to be there. But for right now... You're focused on the folks who might want to be exhibitors right now. So you give them the information, Valerie. You tell them everything that you need and how to get in touch with you. If you go to our website, again, it is nepa-ahec.org, which is nepaahec.org. Or you could call. Our number here is 570-209-9644. We're happy to answer anyone's questions. But there's definitely more information on our website, not only about the career exploration event, but also about our other programs we have to offer. And Deborah, I'm going to give you the last word. As the director, you issue the official invitation. We welcome everybody. Like I said, schools, whether community colleges, small schools, large schools, tech schools, as well as community-based organizations, if you're hiring and have health career type positions to let people know, you know, what you do and the positions you, you hire for, providers, office clinics, you know, we welcome everybody because we want students to know what the variety of professions are, what you can do right here in Northeast Pennsylvania, hoping that students will see and, and want to stay here and live and work in this great area. 
Thanks once again to Executive Director Deborah Youngfelt and Health Educator Valerie Williams with Northeast PA Area Health Education Center. And if you would like to find out more about their upcoming October event, you can go to their website and get more of the details on that event and all the programs that they have to offer. Coming up next, Governor Josh Shapiro was in Scranton recently. We'll tell you why and who he spoke with here on Special. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Edition. Next on Special Edition, Governor Josh Shapiro was in Scranton last week where he signed into law a historic expansion of the property tax rent rebate program. That will mean nearly 175,000 more Pennsylvanians will qualify, and many of the 400,000 seniors who already qualify will see their rebates nearly double. Before he headed to Scranton, he stopped by to chat with Odyssey's Nancy and Jason. We have Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro with us on the line. We're going to be in Scranton today, and uh, what you're doing is a pretty big deal because, and it's something a lot of people uh, talk about, and it's this uh, Pennsylvania property uh, tax rent rebate program. You have a bill that you are signing today, um, and this thing is really going to help out people throughout Northeast PA and across the state as well, and you even have yeah. the numbers to tell us. So tell us how this is expanding. Are we talking about new people? People I in even, the even have numbers. How about that? <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> this is good. Now look, to- I made a commitment when I was campaigning, and, and I said it many times in northeastern Pennsylvania, which is why I want to come back there today to fulfill that commitment. I made a commitment to our seniors that I would deliver them a tax cut, and we are now uh, in a position uh, to sign a new law, which I'm going to do in in Lackawanna County in a few hours, to deliver to seniors the largest tax cut in nearly two decades. What does that mean? The property tax rent rebate is going to go from $650 to $1,000, and we are going to add um, thousands of new, more than 100,000 new seniors across Pennsylvania. What's it mean for Lackawanna County? 3,900 more seniors are going to qualify for an increased relief. And in Luzerne County, 6,000 seniors will qualify for increased relief. So bottom line here is we made a commitment to our seniors. We made good on it. It was bipartisan. It was something I focused a lot of my time and attention on to, to help our seniors, and we got it done. And now it's also, is it expanding to include more people as well, as opposed to just also, I mean, raising it is great. 
No, that's the point. We're raising it, but then we're expanding the people eligible. So if you're eligible right now for that property tax rent rebate, great. You're still eligible and you're going to get more money back. But we're adding another 3,900 seniors in Lackawanna County and adding another 6,000 seniors in Luzerne County. So we're adding seniors and we're increasing the tax cut that they get. Is that because of the, for homeowners, are you increasing what the limit, you know, is for them as well as the renters? Exactly. So it's homeowners and renters. The the big thing here is you got to be a senior. Right. Right. You have to be uh, 65 and older. Also, uh, widows and widowers age 50 and older and people with disabilities 18 and older, just to let people know. When it comes to the people who did qualify, I'm sorry, the people who got cut off and missed the last time, who can now get it that couldn't? Well, again, it's it's another 3,900 folks in Lackawanna, another 6,000 folks in Luzerne. And basically what has happened over the years is every time a senior gets a, a COLA, cost of living increase in their Social Security payment, it, it basically like increases the amount of money they're getting each year. And because our relief program has been flat for the last 17 years, it would basically price people out of the market, right? right. It, would, it would put them above um, the relief number. So what we did was we increased the relief number, which brought lots more seniors into it. Again, about 4,000 in Lackawanna, about 6,000 in New Zealand. And then we also increased the amount. Now, importantly, going forward, now I'm really going to nerd out on you. <laughs> okay. We put... We put a COLA in it, meaning the income limits will keep rising each year so that you're not going to have seniors get knocked out every time they get their Social Security payment um, going up. So that's really going to help seniors going forward as well and kind of keep up with, um, you know, inflation, keep up with the cost of living. That makes yeah. yeah. That so I understand. That's great because we have seen those increases a pretty good amount, but things are more expensive. So now you're going to see that increase as well. So like you said, they don't just miss it by going over that limit. Oh, that's that, correct. Okay, that was my question. I was going to ask why we don't do that with uh, all these other services because um, I thought maybe maybe I misunderstood uh, the explanation a little bit. But I was going to say, you know, when it comes to like you know health care benefits, uh, state Medicaid. When I was out of work, I was on that and. When I took a job, say, hypothetically this one, you go a little over, like $20, you don't get anything. And I, I, well, I was going to ask, you know, how, right. come, how come we don't get sliding scales in these things? It seems so obvious. I'm guessing it's just obviously more complicated. It's complicated. And look, I think sometimes lawmakers don't want to do that. They want to keep coming back and tinkering with the program or changing it. My view is that you got to make this stuff predictable for folks. And you can't have one program, in this case, Social Security, knock you out of relief in another, in this case, property tax you know, relief. And so you, you got to, I just think, guys, it's got to be common sense. And this is an example of common sense where we got it done for, for our seniors. And, and I can't stress enough, I made a commitment to them. I, I went around the Commonwealth. I said I wanted to get this done. And look, it doesn't all get done in the first budget, although we got a lot done. Uh, but this was a big commitment that I'm proud we were able to make good on right away. And th- so this will go into effect. Are we talking about, so for the next year? I'm signing it today in in Lackawanna County in Scranton. So uh, as soon as I sign it, it goes into effect. But in reality, for folks, it's when their next tax bill comes due. So it'll be in the spring. And and that's when folks will feel the relief. Okay, so something else, which was a relief uh, to many people, is the uh, overdue state budget. 
So let's talk a little bit about that because uh, you were able to get some of it done, but there's still work to be done, right? Yeah, I mean, look, we actually passed the budget in both chambers in early July, you know, when it was due. It was because the, you know, the Senate decided to play some games and not come back from their summer recess uh, and not deliver me the budget. So the reality is this was actually done about five weeks ago, four or five weeks ago. Um, but I, I kind of choose to focus less on the drama, and most people don't care about the drama in the Capitol. They just want to know, what what you do for me? And if you look at this bipartisan budget, we did a lot. The largest increase in funding for public schools in the history of Pennsylvania. That includes things now like universal free breakfast for all Pennsylvania public school students, more resources for mental health for our students, um, making sure that Pennsylvania is more economically competitive. We put a lot of resources into VOTEC and apprenticeship programs to create a pipeline of workers and millions of dollars to help us attract businesses and create jobs. Largest investment in our state parks, the largest investment in public safety in our state police, um, a really significant investment in mental health services for our counties. I mean, that and so much more. And so what we did was we brought Democrats and Republicans together to get this done. By the way, didn't raise taxes. We did cut taxes for our seniors, but this was a common sense budget. And so we, we worked hard to get it done. And I'm proud that we were able to kind of cut through some of the partisan games and, and really deliver for the good people of Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying for the rest of the world, what's the secret? <laughs> I mean, I was saying to Nancy before we had Yana, it's amazing that, you know, you are uh, a member of the Democratic Party, but we don't hear a lot of like that evil Democrat in this state. Everywhere else in the world, in this country, I'm sorry, everywhere else in this country, it's very polarized, but we seem to have conversations and I, I dare say compromise. It seems like that's actually happening. Look, I'm a believer that, yes, I am a Democrat, and, and I'm a proud Democrat, and, and I know that there are proud Republicans that I work with every day. I, I'm not asking anyone to kind of check their viewpoint at the door, but I am saying that after you win the election, you do have a responsibility to govern. You've got to come together, and you've got to find ways to work together. So what I really focus on as governor is not the things that divide us, not the things where we might not ever be able to see eye to eye, but where do I see a little bit of daylight where we can actually find that common ground and bring people together? Um, and that's something that you know, I think we need more of in our politics. You, you are right. We live in these hyper-partisan times. I mean, hell, just look at what happened yesterday in the you know, courthouse in, in Washington, D.C. But what I'm trying to do in Pennsylvania is to find that common ground. And I realize not everybody's going to agree with me on every issue. By the way, I'm not going to agree with them on every issue. That's okay. We just have to have respectful disagreements. And I think what you're seeing in this budget and what you're seeing in some of the other work we're doing is trying to bring that level of respect back, find that common ground, and you know, get stuff done for the people of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I see that uh, one of the things that uh, caused some issues with uh, this whole thing hitting a roadblock had to do with a GOP proposal. They wanted $100 million to subsidize the students in the lowest performing districts so they could then attend those private or religious schools. That was something that you initially supported, but it looks like you vetoed that now. But you still say you want uh, to help expand opportunities for, for kids. You said that's a priority still. So yeah. what about that moving forward? And there's still other things, yeah. obviously, that have to be done. And I, I know that can kind of sound a little confusing to folks on the outside. Um, here, here's the bottom line. I support it. I supported it during my campaign. I've supported it 
during my first six months in office, and I consider that to be unfinished business that we need to get done. And what is the that? It's helping poor children in low-performing districts get extra resources to either you know have more tutoring, books, computers, or to attend a different school if their parent or guardian sees fit. Now, why didn't it get done? I'm the only governor in the nation that oversees a full-time divided legislature, meaning we've got a Republican Senate, Democratic House, and they couldn't agree on that issue. And so with them not agreeing, it put me in a position where I certainly couldn't hold up the whole budget over just one thing. Um, but I did say, I did call on both parties to keep working at that, to keep trying to get that done, to keep making sure we give these kids, um, you know, an opportunity to succeed. So we got a little unfinished business left. That is an example, um, making sure that the legislature comes back and funds our colleges and universities. They actually left town without doing that. Um, I'd like to see us raise the minimum wage. Uh, and lower some business taxes. They didn't get to that yet. But, you know, what's the same? Rome wasn't built in a day. Like, we, we got we to gotta keep working at this stuff. Right. And, and I'm, I'm working hard to get that done. We got a lot done in this budget. We still got some unfinished business, and that's one of those things. Yeah, I did see you. Uh, you still have work to do on that. And uh, you're looking, uh, you think, positive? You think you'll be able to uh, get that stuff done in a timely fashion? I think so. I mean, look, on, on some of these things, uh, Democrats want to see it get done. Republicans don't. No, others, Republicans want to see it get done, and Democrats don't. I, I'm kind of in the middle where I want to see sort of most of this stuff get done, right? And so my job is to help figure out how to bring people together, as we did in this budget, uh, to find that common ground on the areas where we can agree. And, and that's what the good people of Pennsylvania want. And you know, I think, Jason, you said this before, folks... You know, generally speaking, I'm kind of paraphrasing it. They're like, they're they're kind of hyper partisan, but they're not they're not viewing me or the work we're doing through that lens. I'm I'm grateful to hear you say that because that is what we're trying to do every day is find that common ground, do common sense things. I think most of your listeners would agree it's common sense to give seniors a tax cut to keep them in their homes and keep them from you know being able to. Uh, you know, lose what they've worked for all their lives. So we, you know, we got to just keep finding that, that common ground, and I'm going to keep working on it. And you're going to be in Scranton today doing that signing, so that's a big deal about the property tax rent rebate program. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're excited to have you, and thank you for checking in again with us. Uh, we can always count on you to kind of keep us, keep us up to date on what's happening. So we do appreciate it. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro with Odyssey's Nancy and Jason. And of course, you can find out more about everything the governor was talking about at governor.pa.gov. And you can also check out for more information about the budget, shapirobudget.pa.gov. I'm Paula Degnan. Thank you for joining me on Special Edition. Thanks for listening to Special Edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.